Welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Horace. <laughs> <laughs> Horace Johnson. Horace Johnson. What name is that? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, does, uh, Joseph I wish could, people could hear us before the show starts sometimes. I mean, we could just have that go. We could just be like, let's not edit that out. Right, but we should have been recording before that joke started. In that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this. It's exactly like this. Welcome to the show. We're in the grotto, as usual. Hanging out. Hanging out in the grotto. There might be a few noises from next door. Our dear neighbor Paloma has been building out her shop. That's right. A little um, shout out to Vintage Restoration. She's uh, restoring old vintage cars. There's a Porsche over there. And, oh, wow. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Old school Corvette. It's awesome. Hmm. So, super excited. Well, and that's your espresso machine. Yep. All right. We've got an article for our... Segment our unnamed unnamed news segment. This is a little more recent than the last one, just a little more. Well, recent. and I actually I like this one too because it came up today with the Puerto Rican coffee. Oh, um, uh, we had a customer came through today that works for an espresso, and oh, okay, they have some they have some special coffees that they get through there every once in a while, believe it or not. And um, yeah, the Puerto Rican coffee, which she said was great, but it also it's part of this like revival after Hurricane Marina, Marina, mm-hmm. Hurricane Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to rebuild, you know, all those industries, but coffee was hit really hard. Um, we actually have a lot of experience with that working with the Haitian coffee as well with David. Yeah. So just, uh, this article is from, uh, NBC news and we'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, but it's about Puerto Rico's coffee farmers working to rebuild after hurricane Maria, Maria, which I'm going to say Marina now, Maria, which was two years ago. Uh, and this notes that Hurricane Maria destroyed 85% of coffee farm harvests. Right. Uh, September 2017. Coffee trees are really fragile, and yeah. they take a while to recover, and they also take a long time to grow. Um, mm-hmm. Often they have this, the little saplings and stuff like that that are out there that are, you know, two years in on their growing. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it's it's five years from... It's like four to seven. Like five years from being a, like a little sapling to like being a tree that can produce yeah. on average, uh, which is pretty wild to think about it's why it's a big investment i mean that's yeah. why it's such an indicator for places like rwanda when they start having amazing coffee and they're 10 years in because it means it's kind of like the first into the second generation of these coffee trees and growing yeah. and that shows a lot of faith in the economy and a lot of faith in the political structure that lets you keep that property and maintain that property that long because some places you can't plan ahead for the next 10 years so you're not going to invest that money now into coffee in 10 years yeah, that's a good point. Um, that's the <laughs> constant challenge in Yemen, of course, and places like that. But we're also seeing it with climate change. And yeah. Well, I think Yemen's a little bit different uh, just because they've been farming forever. It's true. And I don't think those farmers are really going anywhere. Culturally, it's it, it's a little bit more intertwined with their yeah. culture. Um, but the, the only reason the caravans a year ago leaving Honduras and El Salvador, you know, because the coffee prices were so low that it wasn't right. worth, worth oh, the time, true. let alone the investment yeah. into coffee farms. And we see that yeah. all over. And so when we, and climate change carry on from that, like we see these massive hurricanes at that. And, and yeah, I, I think most people don't think about th- this kind of effect that happens from these storms. Well, right, and the, we don't get a lot of coffee from the Caribbean, you know, mm. so it doesn't hit the market, coffee market, particularly hard, but it certainly hits the people very hard, yeah. and coffee is incredibly labor-intensive and employs a lot of people, so when the coffee harvest gets destroyed, it takes a long time to recover, and those people can't get paid for those harvests, you know, and if they miss it for a season, 
you know, or all their stored beans if, you know, their warehouses get taken out or anything like that. Um, we, you know, those farmers have no place to go. And if they leave because it's really destroyed after two years, then, you know, those jobs don't really exist anymore. And those farms are it's hard for those farms to exist as well. Uh, I'm just uh, sorting through this, this article looking for insta- uh, interesting information about it. So let's see. Uh, just a little bit of history on Puerto Rico here. Uh, I'll leave, leave you all to read that yourself. But um, the uh, this this notes that to replace all the coffee trees lost is planting between nine and eighteen million trees. That's a big That's number. A and we don't. And Puerto Rico is barely a blip on the coffee harvest radar. Yeah. That's how much. That's how many trees. How much coffee is out there? Right. That's what three billion cups of coffee a day in this world looks like. Is 19 million trees in Puerto Rico. It's astounding. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Uh, each tree, the, the the average quoted stat is each tree is like a pound of coffee a year. Um, no. No, it's way more than that. It's up to like 15, 13 to 15 pounds per tree. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, where am I hearing this? A tree is like a pound of coffee thing. Uh, when you grow it in Seattle in your little apartment, I think maybe you get a pound <laughs> off of it. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Uh, I mean, there are some, I mean, there are some fragile varieties of coffee, like the geshas and things like that, that don't mm. produce as much, which is why they're, they're, they're fragile to grow, but they also don't produce very much. Right. Um, I mean, the economics obviously favor the highest production. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll link to this article in the show notes. Check it out. Uh, go to coffeeloversradio.com. Just click on this show and you can find the notes there. You can also go to Patreon and get our extended notes yeah. and all that kind of thing. I mean, you get a chance to buy coffee from these places. Like, that's another way to really, really vote with your dollar beyond just specialty coffee, but really focusing on on where the coffee's mm-hmm. coming from and the relief that comes from these organizations that go into places like Puerto Rico or Haiti. You know, I mean, that's that's immense. And it's I feel like we should have a vote with your dollar, like, segment. I don't know exactly what that would be, but I like the idea of just keeping that phrase on people's mind. It's like when you buy coffee, you are you're extending your voice yeah. and influence. I mean, coffee is inherently very, very political because of where yeah. it comes from. And so the more you can support the more humane and um, transparent supply chains, the better it is for all those people involved. Even if it's not the yeah. best coffee in the world, just supporting those networks. Well, honestly, um, transparent coffee is going to end up being better tasting coffee anyways. Yeah. I mean, the, the theory would lend itself to that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that's been the case in my observation, especially in specialty coffee. But yeah. Anyhow, uh, so we'll link to that in the show notes. Would, uh, would you like to pull a topic from the mug? Ooh, it's my today? turn. It is your turn. <laughs> Let's see if it's something other than pairing coffees with things. <laughs> it's blank. Oh, other uh, side. the other side. <laughs> so if you've been following our new trend here, um, if you want to submit some some potential topics, you definitely don't need punctuation, and it could just be the same word three times in a row. Doesn't matter. We'll read it and we'll talk about what oh, this. All right, says. So yeah, Joseph, we'll... take it away. Water, water, water. That's um, going to be the entire conversation. Uh, <laughs> this you, is what are you talking about? I mean, this is something that we've talked about a whole lot because obviously water is critical for coffee in so many areas i mean this in all the ways i almost feel like we just put this back into the jar right now because there's so many ways to talk about water yeah coffee uses a lot of water the processing we call it a wash process because they they literally just soak the red cherries in the water to get the mucilage off the cherry guts off of it there's tremendous amount of water used in the brewing process 
Water is really hard to yeah. heat up. It takes a lot of BTUs to heat that water and maintain it. And then we have to get rid of all that waste as well. So at this end, like the consumers, there's a lot of there's water everywhere, mm -hmm. let alone the water quality and how you actually make coffee. Yeah, um, I think uh, ultimately we really need to get Cole McBride on the show to talk about water quality and, and going from distilled water idea. to a mineral specific formula. Um, I've been thinking about doing that kind of thing because I'm that, just lazy. Well, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ada's Discovery Cafe, they basically have distilled water and they adjust the mineral content to pull out the flavors of the coffee that they desire. Right? Yeah, so that's the, really the minerals in the coffee yeah. and the minerals in the water are what the flavor compounds bond to. And so yeah. you can adjust the various levels of the mineral content and the various flavors are going to bind to those more mm -hmm. than others and they can they can tune in those flavors. And that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, we uh, we experimented with third wave water in a in a previous show and actually that was That was our, a lot of fun. That was our first and so far only show that was also a video because i put it on the youtube as well oh, that's right so i'll link to the i'll link to both of those but we we tried the third wave water which is you get distilled water and you put the little packets in there yep. and that's supposed to brew really great coffee and we compared that with filtered water bottled water tap we had water. fancy fancy bottled water we had the filtered water oh. from the studio here we had that ten dollars mm -hmm. a gallon that norwegian water oh that's right <laughs> we had our filtered water and then we had the regular seattle tap water yeah the bottom line on that one was the tap water was awful compared to the other ones. Yeah. That was like black and white result from that. Right. There's also like, so this is the thing for most people is I think most people just get the water from their tap and use it. Um, even if you live in a, like Seattle's water table is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, my apartment building, all the apartment buildings I've lived in have a lot of chlorine in their water. It's kind of gross, but it's yeah. just what they do. And when you're used to filtered water, you can really smell that chlorine. Oh yeah. Uh, so I actually, <laughs> I mean, I've been using just a regular, like kind of British style filter for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so what I tell people is, uh, get, get like a British style charcoal filter, you know, that you can just have in your fridge. Uh, if you don't believe me, just go to the grocery store and get like a gallon of water for a dollar and that, and like compare like spring that, water. Yeah. Like spring water. Distilled water does you, not work. No, no. Do not get distilled water. It's hilarious. Like you could pull out on a prank for your yeah. friends but don't do it to yourself or or as an experiment try it out no joke it it's a prank <laughs> experiment what are you what is this science oh uh, what were we talking about water uh, <laughs> water 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 water, water. <laughs> so yeah don't use distilled um but you can you can get a good baseline of of what a good brew with good coffee tastes like just from like cheap spring water from a grocery store yep um, I, I mean, I don't recommend buying a lot of bottled water because, you know, bottled plastic water is... Definitely not. That's what I really liked about the, the third wave water. You know, distilled water is easy and you can just get it by the gallon. Hmm. Um, you know, you can just heavily filter your water and yeah. put those packets in. But that was pretty good. The, those third wave packets were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good, that's a good solution. Uh, if you want to like get into that kind of thing, I, I think if you're going to get third wave water a whole lot you probably are going to go to the extent of figuring out how to do that yourself because making your own water is a matter of like combining things like sodium bicarbonate and magnesium and other stuff. And once you figure out the recipe, it's a relatively simple process. Yeah. Uh, and you can I mean, learn you how to do that. You one of those that. little like microgram scales and get all into the... 
Uh, water on the production side <laughs> is a really interesting subject, though. Like you were talking about all the water that gets used in, in wash well, it's process. It's tremendous. It's, it's actually really messed up when you think about it and look into it because not only is, is that use a whole lot of water, but it messes up like the local water table. Yeah, I mean, you're um, talking millions and millions of gallons of water. Yeah, and, and a huge amount of waste. Oh, agriculture is tremendous. Yeah, and let alone dairy milk and, and like what yeah. we get for milk and that whole side of agriculture. Um, uh, but I think natural processed coffees are making a surge lately, uh, both because of the, like, just the cost of using a whole lot of water as well as the waste, but also the, the production quality of natural has increased tremendously in recent right. years. I mean, it, it takes really expert picking of the coffee right from the start yeah. to, to make good natural processed coffee that's consistent. Well, I think that's the reason why washed came about is because uh, historically natural is like really well, inconsistent in taste. And It's true. Um, I mean, there's a, yeah, well, there adds a consistency to water helps sort it, right? Things float and things sink, yeah. but also mm-hmm. the, there's an enzymatic reaction that helps like seed to seed the coffee just be more consistent and roast more consistently hmm. especially if you're not picking all the exact same ripeness of the seeds yeah but um so it helped a lot with that it was also really common just to own the waterways and own the roads and then you own the plant you own the the processing plants and so it's kind of there's a colonialism aspect to why we depend on wash process so much Interesting. it's really just because of <laughs> you know, the, the ownership structures. And if you only did natural processed coffees, then that would almost mean that the farmers don't have to use you as part of their system for getting oh, the coffee out. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think there's a, there's a lot of just habit that comes from that sort of history of coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, not trying to place blame on people now because it's yeah. sort of a standard. And there is a lot of science of amazing natural processed coffees. But I've said this before, the real renaissance we're seeing in coffee is at the farm level and what they're doing with the various fermentation times and the amount of water and that kind of science is going into that um, because we're paying attention to it and because right. we can see it and we can communicate that. And because there's just phenomenal things they can make with their coffee, yeah. like just from the farm level. Well, I um, think historically also like talking about why, why wash process, but I think historically specialty coffee has demanded wash process. Um, it's been like just at the, like the highest levels uh, people, uh, tend tend to prefer a wash process coffee. Yeah, um, I think that's starting to change. I, I I agree, it's starting to change at least in some circles of coffee. Um, I mean, it's a habit. It's a it's a habit of mm-hmm. Europeans that wanted wash coffees. I mean, it's not a mm-hmm. it's not the original way that coffee was consumed. You know, it's just a way. It's another way of processing coffee and a way to sort it without caring as much about the agriculture itself. You know, and that's that's a straight up. I don't know. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. frustrate some people with this, but to me, that's a straight up evidence of the colonialism of just the the land ownership structure of coffee is demanding that it tastes like all the other coffees and that you use as wash process and that you don't spend as much time picking the quality interesting coffee um and now when you look back in the last you know 100 years or so like natural process are like they're incredibly punctuating so you would never see it in a traditional blend mm. even though coffee is traditionally consumed as natural processed I and mean, if you look at the oldest growing regions are all natural processed in ethiopia and yemen and sumatra yeah, those are primary. You know, well, they just don't have access to the water necessary to do a well, wash certainly process. Certainly not Yemen, right? But Sumatra does. But it's just no, it's but not part Ethiopia, of Ethiopia. I think yeah. a lot of most of Ethiopia. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the Ethiopia does make a lot of wash process coffees, but I don't know. I, I've always been a huge fan of natural process coffees. I mean, I can appreciate a good wash process, but to me, I just I just enjoy the richness of a natural. Yeah. Uh, I just taste more of that. 
taste and more there's a lot fruit. of variation in them and depending on how clean the process is and how well they sort it and yeah. things like that the sonora that we get there from costa rica the mm -hmm. hacienda sonora they went with natural process because it it saves that much water they went for yeah. it for environmental reasons and then they've really focused on the natural process and keeping it really clean and mm -hmm. consistent so it roasts like a like a wash process almost as far as the consistency goes interesting but yeah they've also offset all their energy with wind and solar this uh oh yeah that's really cool we gotta we gotta do a show on that i gotta get that into the magazine um yeah let's just move to costa rica this this topic uh, this particular conversation makes me think of um george howell because traditionally he's been very wash process and in fact he said before that he or at least he used to consider like natural processed i i believe this this quote can be attributed or not exactly quote but he can be attributed to saying essentially this is that natural process is like flavoring coffee which is <laughs> yeah but that's wrong i mean i'm just gonna trust that the, he said exactly that <laughs> and I mean, he sells natural processed coffee now, right? And I think I mean, that's I think that's more a testament to the the quality increase of natural process recently. Yeah, and but you're not adding flavors to it. I mean, inherently you are, but it's they're all natural. It's just a different curing and how those flavors leave the cherries because yeah. the flavors are mostly in the cherry. I mean, you could these. look at it the other way and say the wash process is actually removing flavor that's naturally there. Right. I mean, there's adding flavors. Like look at double fermented. Like you're doing adding a lot of yeah. fermented flavors into there as well that come from. That's very different than artificially adding flavor. Right. Yeah. Oh, notes of hazelnut, but I'm allergic to hazelnuts. I do know that he didn't used to sell natural, and that's changed recently. If I'm wrong, someone please let me know. Uh, George Howell. George, if, when I you hear this? if I've misspoken, my apologies. Yep. Send us um, some more of your coffee. That's incredible. Yeah. No, his, his coffee is amazing. And also, so I, I this is total not... Well, maybe this is kind of a water subject. Whatever. Everything to do with coffee is a water subject. Yeah. But so he freezes his coffee, right? Um, ages it in the flash freezing, yeah. You think that ages it? Uh, well, he does age coffee, and he flash freezes and ages oh, it. okay. Uh, but what Not I know of the freezing is that, so he'll, he'll get like a really expensive lot of coffee and only sell like a small amount of it and then freeze the rest. Right. And then every so often, he'll be like, this is now available, pre-order. And he'll pre-sell all the stuff then stop making it available then unfreeze what he sold and roast it and i think it's like a brilliant process yep um from like a coffee management perspective obviously you have to be able to hold on to an investment of green coffee being frozen for a long time and he's invested in farms and those particular yeah. years i mean this is this is like somebody's really into wine that owns a lot of the stuff and is just mm -hmm. going to buy cases and cases of a particular wine and yeah. save it and age it and see what happens yeah that's true but, uh, but I, I really, I really enjoy that process. Um, good coffee, good coffee to get. Oh, yeah, last time I had this coffee, it was four years out of pro, out of uh, out of the farm. Hmm. You know, oh. roasted fresh, but stored green. Man, he had it. He had a Yemen recently, and I almost bought it. Mm. I was so close. It was like fifty dollars for an eight ounce bag, and I was like, I want this. I really want this so bad. But what, what's what's cheaper than coffee? You just get. Well, making it home. I mean, she could, but it that home. same argument she but made. But then it's like, Not okay, to carry on well, from last week's episode, but like, why aren't you just buying drip coffee? I mean, the argument's really like, why are you spending $5 on a latte when right. you could just have coffee? Yeah. You could spend a dollar on a coffee. Yeah. But then it's like, well, why not spend not spend money on coffee at all? You can live without that, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't need milk fat to add to the madness of it all, but... 
I mean, I'll I'll still breathe if I'm not drinking coffee. Tell you what, though, you're gonna save a lot of money. Yeah, all we should consume is water and orange juice, <laughs> but not the good stuff from <laughs> from Tropicana from Florida. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the we're totally just diving down on last episode's topic. If we, you I if feel you like get, we've, we've been thinking about this for a while, we if gotta, you like, get onto this track of going for cheaper produced things, you end up only... Because, like, if I want to get some chicken, for example, uh, I could go to the butcher and get some locally sourced chicken that's really nice, but it's not the cheapest per pound. You know what the cheapest per pound is? You go to Costco and you get a giant thing of Foster Farms garbage. Right, with their $150,000 chickens in a single structure. Yeah, and you're supporting, you know, a terrible industry. But, hey, you're saving money, so good on you, I guess? Yeah, exactly. Like, if that's all you care about? It's true. I mean, you could hitchhike instead of taking the bus. I'd save $12 a week. I mean, you could walk and then not bother other people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to keep chasing Anyways, this Anyways, so if you're going to, regardless, if you're on the bus or you're hitchhiking, you just got to bring water with you. Yes, water. We're going to come back to the subject again. There's a lot to talk about with water. Hopefully it'll come up soon enough that we uh, don't forget entirely what we talked about this episode about water. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll remember or we'll just rehash the same things. Especially since you put the subject back in there. Yeah, that's definitely a recipe for remembering. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> listeners, please send us show ideas. Uh, go to coffeeleversradio.com. Go to the show page. Leave your comments. Uh, visit Say Patreon. hello. Oh yeah, say hi. Yeah, if someone could just go to the show page and to the co- like comment below, just say hi. That's it. Just say hi, please, please. <laughs> I'm we're, so lonely on the website. Well, we're just not sure if it works, <laughs> and so we want some <laughs> proof of concept that there's yeah. a message service on here. Yeah, someone please, please tell me it works. There, there is a way to comment below every post, but you know. Yeah, I wouldn't. I this wouldn't. this is like the thing with the podcast is you get it in your podcast player and then you listen to it and then you never go to the website. Oh, it's hard. I can't even you? rate it for my podcast player that I have. Yeah, no. Like, just listen and enjoy. If yeah. you have a coffee subject, just send us a note. Find us on Instagram. This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.